The Athletic. G'day, I'm James Baldwin and this is the Race F1 Briefing for Thursday the 29th of February 2024, brought to you by Grid Rival. This is the podcast that brings you all of the big F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less and in this episode I'll be taking you through what went down in the opening pair of practice sessions for the season opening Grand Prix in Bahrain. So let's get into it. Let's cast our attention first to free practice two, the session that, conditions-wise, is the most representative of what we can expect in qualifying and on race day. So, were Red Bull fastest as everyone had predicted? Well, no, they weren't. In fact, to some surprise, it was Mercedes who took a 1-2 with Lewis Hamilton ahead of George Russell. Max Verstappen, the overwhelming favourite this weekend, was almost half a second off the pace in sixth, with teammate Sergio Perez way down in 10th. Hamilton set the benchmark of 1 minute 30.374 seconds on a set of soft compound tyres, finishing a couple of tenths up on Russell and a further tenth ahead of Fernando Alonso in third. The Aston Martin driver lost 0.215 seconds in the first sector on his lap, which did not include a personal best in the final sector either. Carlos Sainz was the fastest of the Ferrari drivers in fourth, nearly four tenths down, with Oscar Piastri fifth for McLaren. Interestingly, RB's Daniel Ricciardo, who had topped FP1 in sunnier, less representative conditions, could only manage 12th in the cool of the evening. So does this mean pre-season predictions of the pecking order were wrong? Well, it's probably wise to not get too ahead of ourselves. This is just practice after all. Track temperature was cooler than normal on Thursday at only 22 degrees Celsius, and it was also really breezy. That's important to note as it could have accounted for some of the difference between the Mercedes and the Red Bull, which did struggle to warm up its tyres in 2023. After the session, Russell spoke enthusiastically about Mercedes' rear end instability, its big issue last year being cured. But Hamilton certainly wasn't getting too excited by the team's pace, saying it was a shock, even to him, to see both Mercedes where they were on the timesheet. But it'll still take being top, especially as the balance of his W15 feels much more like a race car compared to last year's machine. The seven-time world champion is convinced, however, that Mercedes' long-running pace still isn't anywhere near the Red Bulls. Though more on that in a moment. Headline times aren't always the most interesting thing in Friday practice. Those in the know, like the racers Mark Hughes, are far more interested in what the teams and drivers can do over long runs to try and ascertain who might have the legs for victory in Saturday's race. And Mark's analysis makes for much better reading for Red Bull. In the long run race stint simulations, all set on the soft compound, the Red Bulls were first and second fastest, with Sergio Perez taking an aggressive start to the stint and suffering high degradation, and Max Verstappen making a gentler initial approach, which averaged slightly faster over his 13 laps. In his analysis on therace.com, with that hyphen, Mark goes on to highlight that Verstappen was not happy with the balance of his Red Bull, and no one should believe that he'll only be six fastest when it counts. He adds that the pattern of the Red Bull's performance, whereby it lost around 0.3 seconds on the straights to the Mercedes, Ferraris and Astons, suggests it was being run with a conservative power unit setting. The best non-Red Bull long run was that completed by Oscar Piastri, but his McLaren was around 0.5 seconds adrift of Hamilton's Mercedes over a single lap. 
The long run averages of the two Mercedes, Norris and Charles Leclerc's Ferrari were separated by hundredths of a second. But over a single lap, the hierarchy was definitely Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren, with Alonso's Aston Martin hanging on very closely behind. Just as in testing, there was a significant gap behind the top five teams, and the next group was again headed by RB. But only narrowly from Sauber, Haas and Williams, with the Alpine rather hanging off the back of the pack. The Race F1 Briefing We know Verstappen wasn't happy with the balance of his car in practice. His angry radio messages to his engineer Jean-Pierre Lambiassi were evident of that. But as our analysis shows, he was super quick over long runs. So how did the world champion assess his day one fortunes? Well, Verstappen doesn't seem to be phased by Mercedes' apparent pace, suggesting engine modes had a lot to do with it. Whilst he thinks it's very close, he suggested that some people around him turned up the engine a little bit in terms of top speed. As always, Max is trying to find the sweet spot, and although he has testing under his belt around the same circuit, the rough tarmac here means finding it is all that more important. He finished the day saying that he wasn't worried too much about the gap to P1, again reiterating that it's going to be close, of which he thinks is nice. Although in true Verstappen style, he still thinks there are a few little things that he and the team can do better. We'll get to the rest of the headlines in one moment, but before I do, it's time to talk about our friends at GridRival. If you've listened to the pod before, you'll know that there is $5,000 US up for grabs for the fan who can make their F1 knowledge work for them. Throughout the 2024 season, the race is partnering with GridRival to bring you our very own fantasy league. It's free to join and free to play, and what's more, it's an amazing way to interact more with each F1 race weekend. GridRival is the original app for fantasy motorsports leagues, and it's the only platform built by race fans for race fans. Join our F1 league and build your fantasy lineup, then sit back and watch as it earns points based on real-world results. And it really is a challenge to pick the best possible team for the budget, something I really enjoy doing, and I reckon you will too. Plus, you could be the lucky winner of that $5,000 US dollars but only if you enter. Time is running out ahead of the Grand Prix, so enter today. Sign up for free using the link in our episode description and good luck. Looking off track now, and although, as I reported yesterday, Christian Horner has been cleared by an investigation of unspecified allegations by Red Bull's parent company, Zach Brown and Toto Wolff took the opportunity of the team principal's press conference to demand more transparency on the investigation. Asked simply for his reaction to the Red Bull statement, Wolff said that his personal opinion was that the statement was pretty basic. He believes that as a global sport, the process needs more transparency and that he wonders what F1's position is. Brown called on the FIA and Formula One to review the investigation to prevent the speculation from continuing. He said that he read the statement, and he thinks from what he's seen, there continues to be a lot of rumours, speculation, and questions. He thinks the sanctioning body, the FIA, has a responsibility and authority to our sport and all of the fans. All of us in Formula One are ambassadors for the sport on and off the track, like you see in other sports. For Brown, it comes down to ensuring the conclusions made by the FIA are the same as Red Bull GmbH. 
On Thursday morning in Bahrain, Horner was asked of his view of the investigation verdict. He told Sky Sports F1 that he was pleased that the process is over. When asked whether there was still unity within Red Bull, he insisted, within the team, it's never been stronger. Horner later added that he won't comment on anonymous speculation after materials implied to be from a recent investigation into him were sent to senior F1 figures and journalists. So, FB1 and 2 are in the bag, and we're now only hours away from qualifying. So, what else did we learn on Thursday? Well, Aston Martin could be more of a contender than we thought through testing, with some solid pace and running through FP2. Fernando Alonso doesn't look like he'll be slowing down anytime soon too, with the Spaniard still as dialed in as ever, even if he's the only driver on the grid who was at the first Bahrain Grand Prix 20 years ago. Alonso was happy with his running, and I'm sure he'll be eyeing a place on that podium this weekend. Alex Albon and Logan Sargent from Williams had solid running in both sessions, with their pace looking like they will be well and truly in the mid-pack, a fact that the team principal, James Vowles, will be very happy about. Alpine, meanwhile, looked in as much trouble as we had feared. Expectations outside of the team were that it would be at or near the back of the pack, and despite the attempts to put a positive spin on things, that wasn't any different to those inside Alpine. And the fact that it was the ninth fastest car based on fp 2 single lap pace and the slowest on long run pace backs the expectation that it's likely to fall in Q1. McLaren's MCL38 looks like an improvement over its predecessor, but according to our own Scott Mitchell-Marm, not by enough to address the specific weakness that limited the car in low-speed corners last year. This track highlights the limitations that McLaren clearly needs more time to address, and Norris looked to be struggling with it more than Oscar Piastri in second practice. Ferrari's Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz didn't make too much noise in either session, with Carlos Sainz finishing in fourth in FP2 and Leclerc ninth. Whilst they enjoyed a solid run in testing last week, both drivers were surprised about the Mercedes pace in FP2. Sainz saying that it just shows you can never look into testing, because people tend to not show all of their cards. He went on to say it's clear that Mercedes is going to be in the fight. On Red Bull, Charles said that they were a lot quicker in the long run than the short run, so he expects them to be stronger on Friday and Saturday. Finally, Sauber didn't show great pace in FP2 with Valtteri in 17th and Joe in 19th, but the Finn still has a look on his face that he knows something we don't. Be interesting to see how Sauber do in qualifying. Well, that's it for today's running, the last day of what ifs, guessing, and eyeball analysis as we finally head into what will be an incredibly interesting qualifying tomorrow. And a massive thank you to you all for listening and to those of you who have left us a five star review, like Lando underscore Norris from the United States. It's lovely of you to listen, Lando. Thank you. Although we're not convinced it's the real Lando, but you never can be sure. The Race F1 Briefing will be back tomorrow to debrief all of the important headlines with you. And remember, if you want to add more value to what you've heard on this episode, be sure to head to the website, therace.com, including that hyphen, to check out all of our written analysis and check out the Race F1 podcast. Thank you so much for your company. I'm James Baldwin, and I'll be back with another edition of the Race F1 Briefing, presented by Grid Rival, tomorrow. The Athletic.